Martin, can you hear me? I think you got to just take it off mute. No. Can you hear me now? Yeah, gotcha. Thank you. Wonderful. How are awesome. you doing? Great. Um, well, thanks for coming on here. I uh, want to get into hearing the entrepreneurial story. And um, I guess for those who uh, will listen here, uh, you know, Martin uh, started a company called Crudo Industrial. Um, you know, ultimately, a you guys do pretty much any advisory for all used assets, right? Correct, correct. So basically, it was started about five years ago with the idea to not only provide uh, factories or companies with uh, industrial assets in the secondary market, but also to provide you know services around uh, you know disposing assets or getting you know all sorts of uh, services around that uh, have to do with their product. You know, it basically like an like an industrial right. services boutique, I would call it rather. You know, trying to offer a holistic service to any industrial right. player. Well, and not everyone just falls into this uh, kind of weird uh, used machinery industry. So, why don't we take one step back? You know, obviously, you sure. did work for Hilco, which for those of you in the industry, one of the biggest in the world. But what kind of where did you start? How did you get into the industry? Everyone's got an interesting story. Well, you know, actually how it, how it always starts, Steve, it's, uh, you know, you ask somebody to do something. Actually, I was working for the German government back in Saudi Arabia uh, prior to starting in, uh, oh. uh, to starting in Amsterdam. And uh, I started working uh, for my old boss. And back then we were not even Hilco, but we were just a uh, joint venture partner with them initially on projects so um yeah then with some time we basically started uh, you know uh, looking at opportunities and uh, i was basically speaking to friends in amsterdam thinking okay hey how can i how can i get a job in amsterdam and then i got invited for my former boss's uh, son's company to do the business development in the dach region germany austria switzerland and um Actually, not expecting anything, suddenly this gentleman sits there and he said, have you ever sold a machine? <laughs> and I asked him, what kind of machines? You know, he said, well, boring mills, uh, CV, <laughs> like, you know, like, like VTLs and, you know, central controlled units and whatnot. And I said, wow, don't even know what this guy is talking about. But, you know, step by step, uh, I asked him questions and, you know, he asked me my, for my motivation. And, you know, I thought uh, the, the, the vibe was right. And he said, well, would you, would you like even to work for me? I said, well, yeah, anybody, I'm looking for a job, you know. So, uh, yeah, suddenly, you know, I was there. I started as a sales guy. And uh, out of the blue, I was uh, selling uh, used machinery to companies around the world that I had no idea in the initial stage of what I was even doing. Well, and it's a relationship business, but let me take one quick step back. I mean, like, 
what were you doing for the the German government? Oh, well, and why were you in? Were you in Saudi Arabia, yeah, or yeah, was yeah, it yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah. What the heck were you doing well, there? I was working. Uh, I was working for the Foreign Trade Commission, and I was like the business matchmaker okay. between German and Saudi enterprises. We were supporting the German SMEs huh. that were interested in entering uh, the Saudi market, and even uh, you know Saudi, you know even big big. Con- companies i mean not saying conglomerates but you know like proper full flash businesses that had an interest in exporting to the european union via germany this was basically our role to bring these companies together yeah uh-huh interesting now remind me are you dutch and or german what what well i was born in poland okay uh... well the last name <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. So I was born in Poland. I moved to Germany when I was six. Uh, grew up in Germany okay. and lived around the world for a little bit. You know, studied in the UK, did my master's in the UK. And um, then basically uh, moved out to Saudi Arabia. And when I came back, I moved to Amsterdam to start working in this industrial uh, segment. And what, if anything, you know, well... Obviously, Germany, you know, I'm, I'm here in Berlin, been here for five years. My German, my Deutsch is, ah, seem to fold. Ich kann Deutsch sprechen. You know, it's like, why did you move to or want to go to the Netherlands rather than coming back, you know, into Germany? What, 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 I mean, or was there just a, a better opportunity that you saw? No, uh, literally, I wanted to, you know, go to a very liberal and open country. I felt yeah. great when I uh, first visited Amsterdam. And, uh, you know, I had many friends mm-hmm. living out in Amsterdam. So, you know, coming back, I was like, oh, man, I need a city that really gives me the freedom of mind and, you know, of movement and doing whatever I want to do. And then, I mean, Amsterdam is a beautiful spot. It has a great airport. You can get everywhere very fast. And uh, that was basically my main motivation. You know, let's go to a, to a liberal city. Let's go to an open place. Let's go to a place where people are, you know, smiling at you while cycling to work. And this is exactly what it is in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? So let's, as we fast forward, you, you know, you were obviously working as sales first, didn't know anything about machines. I don't think most people, unless you grow up into the business, know about this business. Um, but you build relationships with people. Now, for those of most people who don't know what a boring mill or a CNC machine is, tell me, what is, I mean, I'm looking at your website, crudo, K-R-U-D-O-I-N-D.com for everyone. Some of these boring mills are like the size of a, a two stories high, a story wide. I mean, they're massive, but what do they do? What's the normal application? Or maybe you can tell us a little insight on what, what the actual typical yeah. horizontal boring machine does. Yeah. So basically, you know, you've got, it's all in the heavy industry. So if you imagine, for example, in a, in a big uh, windmill, as you have them standing around in the north of Germany a lot, mm-hmm. you know, all these uh, rota housings, for example. Yeah, these are, these, are, these are main applications where you need to drill a big hole into a heavy piece of metal yeah and uh, these are typically very large pieces that you know are very heavy as well 
So you got like capacities that go on these tables up to like 100 tons, 120 tons, 50 tons, 70 tons, you know, and you've got like really big, okay. uh, massive pieces of steel that need to be, uh, you know, drilled into or grinded around or, you know, done something to them so that uh, they can then, you know, get into some sort of a big unit but you know sh- like ship motors sometimes or for example if you think of a of a of a train uh buggy yeah or if you try of the housing of a train these are all things that you can work out on a boring wheel for example you know depend depending on the size depending on the capacity gotcha but, you know these are kind of applications that uh, people would uh, need a floor type or table type boring wheel for Right. And for the audience who doesn't know, um, basically, because many of the people who listen are also American and, you know, we we use the weird system, right? So 100 tons is 200,000 pounds. Now, the average, I don't know, Tesla, I just looked it up, weighs around four to 5,000 pounds, which is roughly you know, two to two and a half tons, right? So this is like, can be a hundred tons, which is like 50 times as large and in weight as a car, which is insane, right? So this is a massive, just to give you guys an understanding of the structure of, um, you know, how massive these things are. And then, you know, I'm looking, a bunch of the stuff you also have are these like, now what a CNC, to my knowledge, it basically just cuts metal, right? Now there's, certain things that can cut in different axes, but you guys have some, some pretty big ones. Is that basically what it does? It just cuts metal. Is that the. Yeah. It's, you know, you've got uh, different, uh, different hats that you can put on them. You know, sometimes it cuts metal, sometimes it grinds metal. Sometimes, you know, you can polish metals. It just depends on uh, the application. Uh, you know, some of the equipment mm-hmm. that we have there was uh, manufacturing components, for example, harbor cranes. You know, so you need basically uh, relatively small components uh, or even bigger components that you can, you know, just fit into parts of cranes. Yeah. Even some machines that we have there, we're making big braking systems. So, you know, for these braking systems, you need all sorts of, uh, again, component manufacturing. Uh, and, and that's basically what these machines do. You know, everything, you know, about uh-huh. drilling, grinding. Uh, milling, you know, all sorts gotcha. of, uh, yeah, basically treatment and, and, and handling of, of methods. Yeah, you're pretty right. And so you're specializing in the what we would call metalworking. Yeah, sector. I mean, um, for me, it was always impressive to work on equipment that is somehow highly technological. So looking at, for example, gear machines. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, machinery to manufacture gears for engines for example yeah you know you need you need a very specific machine uh-huh. to do that you know i mean uh, some people specialize in woodworking machinery or plastics or you know this kind of like lighter materials but that never really when once i went solo that really never appeared to me so i always wanted to sell something that is like some sort of a high-tech product or some uh, something that i really you know think could you know bring a benefit right. to to people basically you know and, uh, you know, now uh, we're just about to launch our new website. Our team is working on it 24-7 for the last few weeks because we are now um, 
basically just today we've signed a pretty large uh, exclusive uh, agency deal with a Belgium transmission uh, manufacturer. Uh, and yeah, we will be selling about 11 production lines, complete production huh. lines for all sorts of transmission components for continuous variable transmissions. So automatic transmissions, basically, and also for direct transmission. So for the EVs, electronic uh, electric vehicles. Okay, so yeah, all in the auto Absolutely space, automotive. Right? Gotcha. And this is beautiful gotcha. equipment because, you know, when people think of the used machinery business, they say, oh, you're selling these old machines, you know, that can do like a hole. And you're like, yeah, well, sometimes it's pretty old. But sometimes, like right now, this this asset deal that we have, it's a beautiful remarketing deal where we will be selling equipment as new as 2018, 19. Yeah. And I oh, mean, wow. the shop floor okay. basically looks like a, like a clean room, you know, even though it's a fully... Uh, automotive gotcha. plant and uh, they are you know gearing up for the future and uh, getting ready for the new transmissions that will be required and all this equipment that they have right now they're basically looking to dispose simply to well not it's not even obsolete but they're looking to it's make obsolete. space for the new generation of uh, of production you know I got you. exactly of the transmission yeah. gotcha yeah. so so we're going to go into your approach and how you're working, but the best part of the story is what I, I'm trying to make the intention of this process. Now, my, I, I had an episode uh, that I didn't, he didn't actually have an iPhone, so he couldn't use the call in, but um, he did the testing machines in the U S but the purpose of this whole podcast is to make machinery sexy. You know, it's a very difficult business. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting business relationships, um, old school, but like any, you know, small, medium, and even large business, it's about uh, the entrepreneur. So why go off on your own and uh, tell me about that? Cause like, what, why were you like, you know what, I, I can do this on my own. Like, I can make, you know, have the autonomy and, and also make, make more money and do it myself. So tell me why, tell me when was this and what, you know, why did you just end up doing it? Yeah, basically, you know, once once I understood a bit better what I'm doing, how I'm selling, and you know, what are my own qualities, and how how you know how I can run uh, parts of the business by myself, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, I mean, I developed my own philosophy of how I want things to be done, you know, and uh, this didn't match with mm -hmm. uh, some of the expectations of my other colleagues because everybody's different, you know. I mean. Not better, not worse. I mean, just simply yeah, different. Sure. And um, yeah, at some time uh, we agreed to disagree and uh, we did not have uh, the same approach to business anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I run a lot of operations and sales uh, for my former company and was traveling around the world and, you know, met all the people that I had to meet and, you know, really loved what I'm doing. You know, I think uh, going solo and, you know, get, becoming an entrepreneur, you really have to find something that you really love doing. And in our business, you know, it's all about traveling, meeting people, you know, speaking to interesting people and also, you know, valuing the CEO equally like the maintenance guy, you know, or even the cleaning lady in a plant because everybody contributes to the condition yeah. of, a, of a machine. And, yeah. you know, my motivation really was, 
um, once I've learned the business, I didn't want to work for somebody, but I wanted to work with everybody. You know, I wanted to work with people. I wanted to work with companies. Yeah. And I really wanted to um, bring my own style to this business that, you know, over the years I was there, you know, quite a long time. So you get some feedback from your, you know, business colleagues, from your partners. And everybody's like, man, you're doing a great job. You know, uh, it looks quite good. It's, I'm, a, you know, I'm very happy to work with you, etc. So I thought, hey, you know, why would I go back and work for somebody else? If, you know, actually, I know what I'm doing. You know, I didn't learn all of the bits of this business. But with the time, you know, we've understood uh, what things to be done uh, to do a business right. And what are the things to be done to do a business wrong? So, yeah, I decided, okay, let me try this. And actually, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. you don't start a business, uh, well, at least I didn't, with uh, like full pockets because I was an employee before, you know. And uh, then, you know, starting off, you know, we started brokering machines and we started right. buying little machines here and there. And, uh, yeah, by now, uh, it's all about production lines and big equipment and even plant sales. So, yeah, I think uh, if the motivation is right and your team is right and, you know, you have some sort of a feeling for handling people. And I really love working with people. So, you know, I mean, I started alone and uh, now we have like eight people and, uh, you know, subcontractors in, in different fields that's uh, adding up to 14 total. Uh, where I would say, okay, these are people that I need to pay and that are, are happy to work for me, which is great, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, and and um, I think that's the part that most. It doesn't matter if you're opening a restaurant, a pizza shop, or getting into the used machinery business. Business when you're starting off, when you you have you, or maybe it's your partner, or, it's tough because you're doing everything and how you prioritize. But I think what. Um, one of the coolest parts about this business, and so I ask you, is you get to travel the world. I've been able to go to South Africa, to China a few times, um, you know, and other places. What, what's the coolest place you've, you, you've done business or that you've been able to, to visit? Well, for me personally, I did once a trip to Mongolia. Oh, wow. You know, and that was really something that... Uh, that really struck a crazy interest uh, for me to go to places that are abnormal. I mean, at times where it was uh, geopolitically right. permitted, uh, you know, we were working quite a lot in Iran. Uh, that was that was at times where you oh, know yeah. the, there was a big run on Iran, as people were calling it. You know, everybody wanted to do business there once it opened up back in 2016. So, you know, I mean, these were places that, you know, you go to very mm -hmm. particular places and you have to really love meeting people and understanding the culture of business in this. Yeah, you know, and uh, culture. for me, I, I mean, you know, Polish born German uh, living in the US, living in Australia, you know, I was living in England and traveling around the world, suddenly found myself in the middle of Riyadh, you know. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> understanding, understanding culture is quite important. And uh, also adopting oh, to the local habits in the legal boundaries that you have in your own market, you know, in your own uh, country, basically. So, mm. you know, I mean, it, it's good to accommodate yeah. your clients and it's good to uh, find a way. But sometimes it's just a thing also to say no, to gain their respect, you know. And uh, this is something that, uh, yeah, I love doing. Yeah. And 
you know, going out to to to, to various uh, countries. I mean, I went also, you know, to all to most of the countries that you said. I haven't really done a lot of business in the southern part of Africa. But yeah, that's also something I'm still looking uh, forward to. And, you know, I think opportunities will arise as, as, as this world uh, will go round and round. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now explain to everyone, you have what it appears is like a three-pronged approach your business. So you're, you have this marketplace and you say advisory and asset management. Can you go um, explain, you know, what your business approach is and how does it provide value to the client? Or yes, so yeah, um, basically, you know, what 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 we are what we are trying to combine is not only um, you know providing a business with the machinery to manufacture a product, but also we we're trying mm -hmm. to help them to market their product in a in a target market yeah, okay. wherever they want to go because i believe that you know with the team i mean we speak i think 14 languages in our team uh you know we have a very wide range of uh, markets that we can target and at the same time you know uh with the asset management we can help them to once they you know develop themselves we can help them to you know Remonetize, but also reinvest in equipment that we might or we we might have available or we want to source for them. So you know, starting off with the, the production equipment, I see over to the production itself, and then to the sale of the assets or the the, the products that they produce. I want to be like a full flash, uh, you know, service provider to anybody who's looking to, you know, do business in general and to develop uh, their own business as well. Now, are you appraising? So let's just say, hey, for example, this transmission, this, this, this warehouse or, you know, company in, in, in Belgium, they're like, hey, we, we, we need to get rid of a bunch of this equipment because we need to make room for the new stuff. I, you know, I'm not in the business of, of knowing exactly what it's worth or what the street value is, so to speak. So do you, do you appraise the equipment for them as part of your advisory or? Well, this is something that we uh, do with, uh, with external parties. Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, because uh, some clients really just want a number. Yeah. That is obviously something that we can provide, mm -hmm. but some parties really want like a technical evaluation. And then uh, and at this point, you know, I prefer to give it to like valuation experts that we are working on, you know, sometimes from the US, sometimes from Germany, you know, sometimes from parts of Europe where we can say, okay, hey, you do valuations on a daily basis. Would you please have a look at this? And then, you know, please give me uh, some sort of a rough estimate. So, you know, if the client requires, we can also provide this service, but we then reach out to our network to get this done you know gotcha you're managing the relationship while hey let's exactly. bring an expert in we'll give you yeah. you know we'll give you an evaluation um because we know that they have an expertise and a knowledge of this type of equipment yada yada, yada. okay Correct. gotcha Correct. and and i noticed though there's times where you're doing auctions and then you have the private treaty mm -hmm. so is that the main way in terms of the marketing that you guys and I guess, I don't know, is there the third part of you actually buying? And I think at the beginning of the conversation, you used a word which is very common in the machinery industry called JV. 
Joint venturing typically means that you and another party, maybe a third, are investing in purchasing something together. Um, but again, a question in summary, you have auctions, private treaties. So what that would mean is that you're uh, trying to market and, and, and help sell this piece of machinery or machines for the client on an exclusive basis. And then the third part, are you doing any brokering or owning machines? Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it depends on the type of equipment. And mm -hmm. uh, we, we try to take an individual uh, approach to each and every single sale, even though the, 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 the procedures are pretty much the same in, in marketing the assets. But the sales strategy can only be determined, you know, as an online auction or a privately negotiated sale or a tender sale, you know, or sealed bid sale, yeah, depending on what equipment you have and what is the value of the equipment. So if we, for example, you know, have a lot of different assets in a plant that, you know, I mean, you, you don't always know who will buy this equipment that you have in a plant because you've got from the screwdriver over to the cleaning machine, off to the, you know, boring mills and CNC machines and, you know, all these, all these highly technological uh, pieces of equipment. Right. You, know, you basically try to create an event to bring people together at one specific time and to really, um, you know, create this, you know, sales momentum in it. Because, you know, when you invest your own money, obviously you want the biggest returns. Also, when you work as an exclusive agent on behalf of another company, you, of course, also want to... You got exactly. to sell. So, yeah, you know, you I mean, uh, sometimes yeah. like in this uh, particular uh, say that we're working on right now in the automotive industry, you know, we took like a hybrid approach where we work in phases and mm -hmm. we start with the privately negotiated sales to sell complete lines. And at the same time, we will market the individual machines. Gotcha. You know, some of them are even unused. You know, they were in the prototyping departments, you know, gearing machines, beautiful German machines, you know, or, mm. you know, really high class, uh, you know, gear machines where, you know, this, this is something that we can offer to direct parties. You know, they can come, they can call us, they can approach us. We will list them everywhere on all the platforms. And, you know, and then we basically gather the interest and negotiate with them directly because, you know, having this kind of high quality equipment is also high values. So, yeah. you know, many people uh, like, uh, you know, to come, they like to touch it, they like to speak to you, they like to negotiate with you table to table, face to face. But, you know, in an auction, that will be the second phase of our sale here now. Um, you know, we will just try to get as many people to this bidding platform as possible just to, uh, yeah, hopefully achieve the highest prices, you know. Sure. Yeah. To, to drive also competition towards the exactly. The deal. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think in summary, all this. I mean, you're you're really for the client for what they need. You're able to provide. You know, hey, we don't know what it's worth. We'll find an expert. Hey, you know, do you want us to 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 get an exclusive deal and sell this? Maybe you don't. Right. Maybe you know you want everyone to. Do you want an auction? Do you, you give these services to the client so that, you know, really it's bespoke to their needs. And that's, that's awesome. Especially considering, uh, you know, you, you basically can manage the relationship and be the one-stop shop and point, 
um, for, for all their needs. So that, that's, um, I mean, obviously that's why you, you're doing well here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I must also admit, Steve, you know, it's not that easy to always, uh, you know, buy a deal, you know, because, you know, when you take the risk on buying a production line or buying a, a plant, you know, or buying even a machine, a single machine sometimes can be very valuable, you know, um, then it's, uh, you know, you want to stay in the game once you've engaged with the company and, you know, you make an offer that is not necessarily satisfying to them, you know, because, you need to manage your risk reward ratio somehow as well. You know, if I, you know, if I put in a hundred and I get out, get out two at the end after putting all the effort, you know, it's not, not really worth it. But if I can, you know, sure. put, pay a hundred and get out 40 or 200, you know, I mean, why not? Then it's worth it. And also it depends on the client. What is their particular situation? Some companies just want to sell assets to make space, you know? Others want to sell assets to monetize as much yeah, as possible course. because they have a new upcoming project and one other project ended. So, you know, you always have to consider the entire situation. Um, and I think it's uh, very important really to take each and every single inquiry or request of the client uh, individually and try to really push it and, and give your best because only when your client also sees that, you know, you're doing the best you can, either in their effort, you know, sometimes it's all about also, um, you know, just getting out the machinery in time because they will need this space again, you know, next month. So you buy it for a lower price, but then you need to send in your disassembly team or mm -hmm. relocation team, you know, to, to basically make the space oh. free and give them right. the space that they need now, not in next year, you know? Right. Right. And that's the thing that, again, we're going to remind uh, everyone that it's moving something that might be 100 tons is not it's not just like bring a forklift, <laughs> you know, you, you, it's a very complicated process to, oh, to get the stuff out. You know, but these are so, stories, you know, that you can talk about even with your grandchildren at some stage. You know, we just relocated a huge transfer press. I mean, a big stamping press from an automotive company, again, from the UK, from England over to Turkey. And uh, the biggest uh, part that we okay. were moving was like six and a half meters long, I think through 3.7 meters wide and 2.8 meters high and weigh like, dude, I think 105 tons, you know? So for, for, <laughs> so for this, you need even, you know, you have to, you have to basically charter your own barks, you know, to bring this from Antwerp down to Izmir, you know, in Turkey. Um, you know, in order to in order to really bring give the client that is buying this equipment the best solution, and you know we really you know manage to um, not only offer the clients the service to either source machine for them or buy machines from them, but also to deliver the complete logistical and even the reassembly solution for them as well. You know, so it's uh, yeah, it's a quite complex uh, endeavor right. that we're getting into sometimes. But hey, you know. Uh, if everybody could, if everybody could do it, you know, it'd be easy, but That's it's not very easy. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so the last part I want to kind of, kind of focus on is what I think you mentioned you're doing something else, another kind of side business, but on technology or what can you elaborate, uh, what else you're up? To yeah. Now? Yeah. I mean, with the time when people saw that we're, I mean, that I'm particularly, you know, uh, into into deal making in the in the industrial segment 
Um, I was approached by, by, by people saying, hey, Marty, can you not please try to sell this for me? Or can you market that product in that country for me? Or do you know somebody who would be having a need for air-to-water machines, for example? You know? And um, I was like, well, okay, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, more and more inquiries of that kind of uh, things coming to me. I thought, okay, um, let me start a new company. Uh, that's a company called BER Connect out of Berlin. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, why I'm in Berlin also quite a lot. And, uh, you know, this is basically a, a consulting firm for innovative technologies. And we're trying to bring these innovations to countries where people have a direct need for it. So, uh, you know, we're working on this air to water technology. We're working on airplane scanners, for example. We're working on uh, drone detection uh, systems, you know, and trying to bring this to markets where, where there's a need for, for protection of particular areas, highly, uh, you know, sensitive areas partially, or even airports, um, you know, where, 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 where people, are, are, you know, don't necessarily have this technology, but we can bring it from Germany or from Switzerland or from Austria or from the Netherlands you know, we can bring this technology to that market and enable these companies to sell into particular markets. But I never wanted to mix this with my trading business. So that's why I, you know, decided to to set up uh, BR Connect out of Berlin and uh, right. you know, we're making use of uh, nice technologies and, you know, high innovations. I think this is something that you can do really to enrich people's lives. And that is also the motivation behind uh, behind my air to water business, you know? Love it. I love it, man. Well, listen, man, I don't want to take too much more of your time. It's been, you know, great to, to have you. Uh, how I'm going to put this on a bunch of the platforms here in the next uh, 24 hours, but how, how can someone get in touch, whether it be for, you know, actual business, um, or just connecting, uh, you know, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, thank you for having me here. I mean, it's been a great pleasure to having a chat with you and exchanging, you know, what I've been doing and how I've been doing it and, you know, sharing my insights and yeah, to reach out to me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm online on all the major social media platforms. LinkedIn is always a good one. Martin Kolodzejcik. I mean, my last name is pretty difficult. But uh, via Crudo Industrial is uh, probably the easiest way, or BER Connect. Um, you know, that's uh, basically the two companies that I'm running that people could get in touch. And info at crudoind.com or info at br-connect.com is probably the easiest. And uh, either myself or my team will monitor it and then, you know, send it across and I will reach out to you. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, hey, let's uh, grab a drink when you're in town, hopefully next week. Thank you. And yeah. uh, I, I know you I know you definitely like to have a cocktail or two. So <laughs> let's let's do that when you get in town uh, back here Great. and uh, look Thank forward to you. it. All right. Cheers, man. Thank all you right. for having me. Wishing you a nice evening and see you next week. You too, bud. See ya. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye.